Good evening. I'm Anthony Robustelli, author of I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, and this is the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Each week I'll be playing stripped-down, deconstructed mixes of classic Beatles songs, highlighting different instruments and vocals in a way that will truly amaze you. Imagine sitting in the control room at EMI Studios and having the opportunity to peel away the layers of a song, discovering new elements that you never knew existed. This is the closest you can get to that experience. So sit back, tune in, and enjoy the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. I'll make you maybe next time around. Tonight, we're going to start with two rockin' covers, one by Lennon and the other by McCartney. Barrett Strong's first record for Barry Gordy's Motown label was one of Lennon's hottest covers and the hardest rocking song that the Beatles recorded in 1963. By the time the Beatles stepped into the studio on July 18th, they had already performed money for their failed DECA audition, recorded it for three BBC radio programs, and had been playing it as part of their live set since 1960. But this is truly the preeminent performance. Ringo's drumming, the raunchy tone of Lennon and Harrison's guitars, the relentlessness of Martin's piano, and the pumping McCartney bass line conspire together to take the song in a much harder direction than the original, and shows how their interpretation of a song would develop over time. One only needs to compare the version with Pete Best on drums from the January 1st, 1962 DECA audition, with a version captured by Adrian Barber, lead guitarist of Cass and the Casanovas, that featured Ringo behind the kit during their Star Club residency nearly a year later on December 31st, 1962, or their first recording of the song for the BBC on May 21st, 1963, for the May 25th broadcast of Saturday Club, to hear the differences and development. The surf guitar tone of the intro paired with Martin's piano lay down a hypnotic groove, and its entrance alone is worth the price of admission. When Harrison enters on the upbeat of beat three in the second bar, the minor third he strikes sounds particularly threatening. Unfortunately, the British mono version's intro was edited from another take and would not include this striking feature. Luckily, American listeners enjoyed this captivating intro in both mono and stereo. When Capitol Records put the song on the Beatles' second album, the mono version was created by summing the two channels of the stereo mix, thereby creating another variation of money and the only intro American listeners would be familiar with for many years. McCartney's take on Little Richard's Long Tall Sally is simply extraordinary. It was so popular that it holds the record for the song that was longest in their repertoire. It was played by the 1957 Quarrymen and was played on the Beatles' last tour in 1966. It was also one of the songs McCartney played for Lennon and the rest of the Quarrymen at that fateful meeting on July 6, 1957. The song was recorded in one take on March 1, 1964 and features guitar solos by both Lennon and Harrison. Starr's drumming is truly amazing and the song has made top 10 lists of Ringo's best moments many times. For these mixes, we're going to focus on the music, starting out with instrumental versions, but switching to vocal isolations at times to highlight the blistering vocals of both Lennon and McCartney. Listen in particular for the backing vocal ooze at the end of Money and Ringo's out-of-control drumming at the end of Long Tall Sally.
don't get it. I can use that. Give me more. Sally. Next up, a pair of songs from Beatles for Sale. Due to time constraints, the group's fourth album followed the formula of Please Please Me and With the Beatles, featuring eight originals and six covers. After releasing A Hard Day's Night, which contained all original compositions, 
It seemed to be a step backward to have so many covers on an LP, but there were, as always, innovations. Lyrically, Lennon and McCartney had developed quite a bit as songwriters, with Lennon's love of Bob Dylan's music never more apparent than on I'm a Loser. They also furthered their exploration of different drum grooves with songs such as No Reply and What You're Doing, as well as a more country and western and rockabilly feel for certain songs. Lennon and McCartney also brought back the sound of their unison vocals on a number of tunes on the LP. One of these, Every Little Thing, is often credited to Lennon because his vocal is so dominant during the verses, but it is all McCartney. On the flip side, No Reply is a true Lennon song, although he once again wrote a melody too high for himself that McCartney would cover. Their harmony on the B section is another perfect example of necessity creating a phenomenal part. For these two songs, we'll begin by focusing on the acoustic guitar and drums, followed by some soloed vocals and piano. Look out for the timpani and Harrison's jangly lead guitar on Every Little Thing, and George Martin's heavy piano along with cymbal overdubs on the B section of No Reply.
hearing three very different songs from the Help LP that were featured in the movie. You're going to lose that girl, You've Got to Hide Your Love Away, and I Need You, show how the sound of the Beatles had grown, and the Help LP is definitely a turning point. Within months, they would parlay this newfound identity and create the masterpiece that is Rubber Soul. If you're going to lose that girl, we'll start with the rhythm section before going a cappella for the chorus and middle. Once the guitar solo kicks in, we'll hear Paul's overdub piano, as well as Ringo's bongos, before switching back to the rhythm section and vocals, minus the overdub piano. After the break, we'll hear an acoustic version of You've Got to Hide Your Love Away and another true remix of Harrison's first original song since Don't Bother Me, the fan favorite, I Need You. Three songs from Help. Yes, yes, you're gonna lose that girl. Yes, yes, you're gonna lose that girl. Of taking her away from you Watch what you do The way you treat her What else can I do? Change her mind And I will take 
That's when it hurt me I'm feeling like this I just can't go on anymore Please remember how I feel about you I could never really live without you So come on back and see Just what you mean to me I need you I need you I need you For their next album, Rubber Soul, they stretched even further while keeping some of their roots in place. What Goes On is the first song to feature Ringo Starr as a songwriter. This country and western flavored tune has superb Harrison guitar and tasty backing vocals from John and Paul. We'll start with Harrison's rockabilly-ish twang along with Ringo's steady swinging drums, but vocals will be in full effect halfway through the song. Lennon's acidic tone was always my favorite part within the three-part harmony. We'll follow with Lennon's Girl, the last song recorded for the Rubber Soul LP. Lennon's vocal drips with attitude, so we'll start with acoustic guitar and vocals, but drums will come in and add some heft to the mix halfway through, and McCartney and Harrison's naughty backing vocals will also make an appearance. The third song was not completed until shortly before its recording session on November 3, 1965, but McCartney's Michelle was one of his earliest compositions. He used to play it at parties with some nonsense French to attract girls. Years later, when more material was needed, Lennon reminded Paul of the French thing he used to play, and the song was revived and completed. Lennon came up with the idea for the middle section after listening to Nina Simone's I Put a Spell on You. We've kept it sparse with lead and backing vocals and acoustic guitar taking the spotlight for the majority of the song, but we can't forget the memorable lead guitar figure played in the middle and on the outro, so we've included that as well. Three songs from Rubber Soul.
that you were just the same You didn't even think of me as someone with a name Did you mean to break my heart and watch me die? Tell me why What goes on in your heart? What goes on in your mind? You are tearing me apart When you treat me so unkind What goes on in your mind? One, two, three Is there anybody going to listen to my story? It makes you sorry Still you don't regret a single day Ah, girl Girl, girl When I think of all the times I've tried so hard to leave her She will turn to me and start to cry And she promises the earth to me I believe her After all this time I don't know why Ah, girl Girl, girl She's the kind of girl Who puts you down When friends are there You feel a fool When you say she's looking I love you, I love you, I love you 
That's all I want to say Until I find a way I will say the only words I know that you understand Michel, ma belle Sans des mots qui vont très bien ensemble Très bien ensemble I need to, I need to, I need to I need to make you see Oh, what you mean to me Until I do, I'm hoping you will know what I mean I love you goes on girl and michelle from 1965's rubber soul 1966 would be the first time that the beatles only released one lp but what an lp it was revolver is considered by many to be their most ingenious album topping multiple best of lists over the years and your bird can sing was one of three lennon songs that were dropped from the u.s version of the album and was released a month and a half earlier on the infamous yesterday and today lp This gave George Harrison more songs on an LP than Lennon. Quite curious. The group recorded two versions of the song, six days apart, creating two very different sounding songs. The first attempt was recorded on April 20th and sounded a lot like a bird song with Harrison's Rickenbacker 12-string to the fore. This is the version we'll be hearing today. We'll start with vocals and McCartney's lively bass before switching to drums and guitar while keeping the vocals in the mix. At the second B section, we'll go back to vocals and bass before ending with the harmonized lead guitar, bass and tambourine. And your bird can sing. Tell me that you've got everything you want And your bird can sing, but you don't get me You don't get me You can't see me You can't see me When your prized possessions Start to weigh you down Look in my 
Robustelli, and we're back with the Beatles' multi-track meltdown. Up next, true remixes of Sgt. Pepper tracks. First, we'll hear Getting Better, a song written by McCartney with Lennon at McCartney's London home. This was not the usual spot for their songwriting sessions. In 1964, when Ringo Starr was hospitalized with tonsillitis, a replacement drummer, Jimmy Nickel, was brought in to cover some tour dates in Denmark, the Netherlands, Hong Kong, and Australia. After every concert, John and Paul would go up to him and ask him how he was getting on. And all that Jimmy would ever say was, it's getting better. Fast forward three years to 1967, and author Hunter Davies is spending time with the Beatles, and McCartney in particular, while working on their authorized biography. Davies elaborated in his book. It was the first spring-like morning of the year, and as we got to the top of the hill, the sun came up. He turned to me and said, it's getting better, meaning that spring was here. Then he started laughing. I asked him what he was laughing about, and he said it reminded him of something that reserve drummer Jimmy Nickel used to say at the end of every concert. Later that day, when Lennon arrived, McCartney said, let's write a song called It's Getting Better. And that was the spark needed to create this fantastic Sgt. Pepper track. After that, we'll hear the closing song from Sgt. Pepper, the Beatles' masterpiece, A Day in the Life. Lennon began the song using headlines from the Daily Mail, and the song had flowed quite effortlessly but he still needed a middle section. Luckily, McCartney had one that he wasn't sure what to do with, so they put the two pieces together and an opus was born. They were unsure of how to connect the two songs together, so they left a space of 24 bars open with Ringo keeping time, Paul playing dissonant piano chords, and Rhody Mal Evans counting down with heavy echo added to his voice. When they reached the end of the section, Mal set off an alarm clock, which worked perfectly when McCartney's woke up fell out of bed line. A few weeks later, they came up with the idea of using an orchestra for the build-up, and rather than have them play a specific part, Martin instructed each musician to start at their lowest note and end on their highest. Each player was also told to move at their own pace to add to the cacophony. It was quite a scene that night, with the orchestra dressed in evening dress with funny hats, gorilla paws, and rubber noses. Lennon thought it would loosen them up and break down the barriers between rock and classical musicians. To George Martin's surprise, Most of the musicians were happy to participate in the shenanigans. 
Friends were invited, including Michael Nesmith from the Monkees and Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones, to add to the party atmosphere. These two songs will be true remixes with instruments and vocals coming in and out, so stay sharp. Face before 
summer of 1967 was a hot one for the Beatles. Three weeks after they released Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band to critical acclaim, they were going to represent the United Kingdom on Our World, the first live global television link. Watched by over 400 million people in 25 countries, the program was broadcast via satellite on June 25, 1967. On June 14th, they entered EMI Studios to lay down a basic track with Lennon on harpsichord, Starr on drums, and McCartney and Harrison laying down some amateur string bass and violin. 
Five days later, vocals were overdubbed along with a banjo played by Lennon and piano by Martin. On the 23rd, the orchestra was brought in to overdub Martin's score, and after a few tweaks the next day, they were ready for the big finale. For the so-called live performance, John Paul and George sang, Ringo added more drums, Paul played bass, George played lead guitar, and the orchestra played along with their pre-recorded track. Not quite a live recording, but fascinating nonetheless. For this mix, we'll be isolating different elements throughout, so you can hear all the parts that came together to create this fabulous recording. Listen for Harrison's out of tune violin and McCartney's string bass during the chorus after the guitar solo.
going to close the show with a Harrison track that was never officially recorded by the Beatles. Sort of. In 1968, George produced Jackie Lomax's debut single for Apple Records, Harrison's own Sour Milk Sea. The recording is notable for being the first of many extracurricular musical projects produced by Harrison, and a rarity among non-Beatles songs in that it features three members of the band. Along with Harrison, McCartney, and Starr, the backing musicians on the track were Eric Clapton and session pianist Nicky Hopkins, who also played on Revolution. Harrison had recorded a demo of the song at his Escher home in May 1968 with McCartney on bass and percussion from Starr. This version is a mashup of the two. By isolating Harrison's vocals from the demo and muting Lomax's vocals from the released version, I've put together what is arguably a lost white album tune. Enjoy.
Stelly, and you've been listening to the Beatles Multitrack Meltdown. Tune in every Sunday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, to hear more stripped-down, deconstructed mixes. And if you haven't gotten it yet, pick up my book, I Want to Tell You, The Definitive Guide to the Music of the Beatles, and check out the website, thebeatlesiwanttotellyou.com. You could also like us on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ShadyBearBKLYN.